0: Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host White Dove Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success. To help you take your business to the next level. Now let's go for it. Welcome back, Fim Nation. Today I have Ashley M. Biggers. She's a freelance journalist and educator. I'm really excited to have her on because prior to going into the record side of this, we were chatting a little bit about how she likes to encourage and empower us women, us entrepreneurs, us people. To own our stories with the media to earn press coverage. And I'm excited to talk about that. That's a big deal. Owning our stories is a big deal. And so, how we get coverage is going to be an even bigger deal. So, excited to jam with you today, Ashley. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Let's start with the main question for the podcast Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? So I have kind of two
1: phases of my entrepreneurial journey because I'm both a freelance journalist. And so that's kind of one story. And then the work that I'm doing now helping and coaching people to tell their story to the press is kind of a separate part. So I'll start with being a journalist. So I was one of those kids who always knew that I wanted to be a writer and grew up you know, drawing a, a neighborhood newspaper in elementary school and all those sorts of things. But my parents really encouraged me to become a, a doctor or a lawyer, or an entrepreneur. They never really encouraged me into my writing career. So as a college senior, I was literally Googling what should I do with my life? And <sighs> what, I, what I happened upon, which kind of brings together the other part of my entrepreneurial journey was the AmeriCorps VISTA program which is a domestic Peace Corps program where people volunteer for a year of their life doing something to help fight the systemic causes of poverty. And so my particular role was with entrepreneurship entity in Albuquerque, New Mexico that helped women and people of color start and grow their own businesses. And so I was really immersed in entrepreneurship for that year and really developed a heart for entrepreneurship. And so even though I ultimately decided to pursue that childhood dream of becoming a journalist and went on to become, to go into graduate school and become a freelance magazine journalist, I've always had a heart for entrepreneurship. And I've always loved telling the stories of small business owners. And so in the past couple of years, I've really started to see a divide between the stories that should be told and the stories that are getting told. And I think a lot of the times that divide happens just because of lack of knowledge of how small business owners can get in touch with the media. And also because of finances, because not everybody has the resources to hire a public relations specialist to help them earn that media coverage. And so I've started helping um, small business owners and educating them and empowering them about how to get in touch with the press because... My ultimate goal is for the most wonderful stories to be told, whether they're told by me or by anybody else in the press. But I think so many people have stories that are just waiting to be told, and I want them to be able to have them out in the world.
0: Very, very fascinating. And as you were talking about that, there's so much in the entrepreneurial space that uh, does parallel journalism in a way. Because if people think about being an entrepreneur, I know a lot of listeners dabble in being an entrepreneur, but also are deeply in the entrepreneurial space. But there is a lot of uh, creativity in both. And so you have to understand what that looks like. And if you're not showing up in the entrepreneurial space like you want to, you're probably not showing up in, in how you present yourself to be seen or the story that incorporates your business or the life that you want or the life that you have and where you seek to go inside of the entrepreneurial space because it almost is intertwined, don't you think? Absolutely.
1: And it's been really interesting because in my own entrepreneurial journey as a journalist, I'm Usually having to sit back and know I don't insert myself into the story a lot of times. The story is about whomever I'm interviewing and reporting on. And so it's been sort of a growth journey for myself in becoming an entrepreneur in this other way. And having to tell my own story and bring that to the fore because I'm usually the one asking the questions like you're doing today. I'm not sitting in the hot seat um, (laughs) and answering the questions. This is much more difficult to be on this side, I have to tell you. So I, you know, I've experienced that myself and having to, you know, really align myself with my story and bring out what's important to me and the values of that story and Share it. So I can certainly identify with everybody and the difficulties in doing that.
0: Mm. Where did your journalism entrepreneurial venture go to after you decided to kind of embrace all of that?
1: So, after I went to graduate school for journalism, I worked as an associate editor at a print magazine for about five years. And then, about seven years ago, I became a freelance journalist, which is very much an entrepreneur. Um, yes. I'm working for myself my little solopreneur gig here and so I had to learn a lot about entrepreneurship through that because of course as a solopreneur I ha- I do all the accounting and the HR and the marketing and I'm also the chief creator and so balancing all of those duties is extremely difficult and some days I do it better than others and then Also, what I would say about that entrepreneurship journey is that the media industry changes very rapidly. And I know people are experiencing a lot of tumult in the world right now. And the things that we found that worked in 2019 aren't working in 2020 because it's a completely different world. And so the ability to pivot and to go in a new direction is inherently part of journalism. It's inherently part of the publishing industry, and it's an inherent part of entrepreneurship. And so we're all just kind of in that making it up as we go along mode.
0: Precisely. And I think even more so in the year of 2020 <laughs> than, Absolutely. than many years. Because <laughs> I think I think it wiped the slate on a lot of things. And uh, yes. in the entrepreneurial space, what was doing well had to at least shift to some degree. So let me jump into creating content. Because that is actually... Uh, that came to mind. Podcasting, such as this is a form of long-form content. This is the way that I love to reach an audience. I do love to write, but I found I was not consistent in doing, you know, writing consistently. Now, I, it's, it's something I'm working on at the moment, but that being said, this was, you know, there was an exchange that if somebody made the appointment to show up for, to be a guest in my podcast, I was not gonna let them down. But I could let myself down and everything else, including kids, family, life, business, clients, everything could get in the way of writing content. So if people want to be seen as an entrepreneur, they have to, have to, have to have content. What are various ways that um, you see are relevant or acceptable in the entrepreneurial space to show up as content without being that weird, you know, poor me type content, which we've all seen?
1: Well, I, you know, you touched on something really important, which is saying like, that didn't work for me. So I think the most important thing that people can do in deciding what sort of content they're going to put out is finding what works for them. If they're great writers, and they love sitting down and writing a blog every week, then absolutely, they should do that. If they feel more comfortable doing a podcast in the audio form, absolutely dive into that. If video is your thing, do that. Some people might even just feel comfortable doing you know, sketches or designs or drawing something. And count that as their content that they create on a regular basis. I would say just find whatever works for you and is really your groove and your vibe that you can show up and do regularly. I do have a few tips about writing for people who don't consider themselves, quote unquote, writers. Because I know people, um, not everybody has that as one of their, you know, great spiritual giftings. Um, But I think a lot of people are much better at it than they believe themselves to be. So if you don't consider yourself a writer, don't try to write, just try to record a voice memo on your phone and just talk about whatever you want to talk about. And then either use a transcription program or type out what you said. Because I think a lot of people when sit down at the keyboard, they suddenly tense up and they feel like they're writing that high school or college term paper and they just freeze. And then they start writing things that are completely stilted and don't sound anything like themselves because you want your voice to come through and whatever you create. So you can record yourself. You can also just talk to a friend and have your friend take notes about what you say so that it feels more conversational as you're talking to another human being. Great idea. Um, and, or in combination, you can also set up a deal with a friend where you can kind of edit each other's work and just use that as sort of a trade so that you have other eyes on whatever you write because a lot of th- times we write things and they make perfect sense to us because they're coming out of our own heads but when you put it out in the world people don't understand what you're trying to say whether it's because the idea is not clear maybe you just needed an extra comma somewhere but just having that little trade-off with a friend as a double check of another pair of eyes to say what did you really mean in this sentence because it's not clear? That's always a great tip, because as writers, we really cheat because we have a team of fact checkers and editors behind us that are helping to catch those things, so I always appreciate that other pair of eyes on whatever I create.
0: Mm. Okay, so that makes complete sense because we are in our heads, and I talk about that all the time how we we are stuck in our heads with the knowledge piece of it and there was one bit of advice I got years ago that really stuck because I would have a tendency to be creative and be a little bit more long form and maybe not always get my point across. And, and, and this was early on bef- before I really worked on it. And even to this day I do, but I accept that. I accept that creativity of in, in myself more so now. And But I got this piece of advice that actually became a massive hurdle that needed to be uncovered. And I know that this is going to happen to other people out there that I was told that I need to be more succinct, that I need to, you know, Tighten it up a little bit. So what happened is then I would condense it down into only a couple sentences because I still knew the knowledge in my head. I knew what I was talking about. I knew what I was trying to get across. But now I was making it even more harder for people to understand what I was trying to say. And it almost became encrypted. So in in taking the creativity out of it, taking the free flow out of it and dicing it down into succinct length, was not what was supposed to happen. I needed to be more succinct in what I was getting across, you know, where I was coming from and seeing it in that lens, instead of just trying to make a two-liner or a three-liner instead of two paragraphs or something. How have you seen people that are working on trying to create that content and trying to, to become comfortable with getting in front of uh, stranger eyes or people that they haven't, you know, that don't know them really starting to open up that door to uh, vulnerability on their side. How have you seen them or helped them overcome um, that bit of it, that, that lack of understanding of what it is they're trying to get across, get it too long, not be succinct, but then cutting it too short.
1: Well, and anytime you're trying to share your knowledge or your story with someone else, especially with the press, that can cue a huge bout of imposter syndrome. Mm. And that can feel really stifling as well. Because you think, oh, whatever I'm sharing isn't good enough or important enough to take up this space. So I want, really want people to hear that your story, by virtue of being your story, is unique and deserves to be shared. And you have absolute right to to take up that space and to share your story, whether it's with your customers or with the media. So what I would absolutely encourage them to do is to question like, what is this piece of content? If it's knowledge-based content, what is it really about? You know, is it because you can get bogged down in all those details and forget to express that like one sentence of, oh, this blog post is about my five Instagram tips that I want people to be able to grow their social media following. Because sometimes that just gets lost. And so after you write something, you can go back and ask yourself, what is this really about? Once you've identified that, you can go back and refine that piece of content. And the same with your story. When you go to talk to the press or to your audience, you know, you want to share about your journey, but what is that journey really about? Is it about a mom who had a side hustle that she turned into a full-blown career? Is it about a student who's, you know, thought she wanted to be a lawyer, but turned out she really wanted to be a chef? Is it about somebody who overcame an illness or about that universal story of not knowing what you want to do and then landing upon it. Like what is the true core of your, the heart of your story? And just remember that so that it doesn't get obscured when you're trying to, to go and express that story to other people. Mm.
0: So how, how did you overcome imposter syndrome for yourself? (sighs)
1: Well, imposter syndrome is one of those things that I don't think it ever goes away. It just is like the movie villain that keeps popping up out of, you know, the back corner of your closet when you least expect it. (laughs) Um, So I definitely have, you know, mantras that I return to about, you know, I am already enough and I can do hard things. Those are two things that I tell myself all of the time so whether it's relying on mantras or reminding myself that I'm here to serve you know it's not necessarily about me even when I'm telling my story the reason I'm telling my story is because I want people to learn from it and take value from it and use it to change their own lives so coming from that point of service also helps on un- overcome the imposter syndrome as well but it it never truly goes away. It's just a, (laughs) just a (laughs) process.
0: And truth truth be told, you're you're correct. But so many people feel like that that's their pain point that they need to overcome imposter syndrome. So in addressing the fact that you don't ever overcome, you actually learn to manage better (laughs) (laughs) is a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) It's more realistic. I feel like. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. So... You've helped 12,500 people interviewing them and helping them get their their, uh, story, their information in front of press. What is that like? Because that is no small feat. Yeah. So
1: I've actually been a professional journalist in the sense that I've been paid for my writing for 20 years now. And over the course of that time, I've interviewed and spoken with that many people, which was a pretty astounding number, even to me when I sat down and kind of figured it out um, and tallied it up over the years. It's incredible to get to speak with that many people and to hear their truth and to hopefully make them truly feel seen and understood. Because that's ultimately my job as a journalist is to understand their perspective and then, you know, organize it and filter it through all the all the writing lenses and put it out into the world. And so I feel truly lucky to get to speak with everyone that I do every day.
0: Do you have one particular piece that just is top of mind that stands out to you the most, the interview, you, uh, an interview you did or someone you helped with their journalism?
1: Um, I, would, I don't have one in particular, but all of my favorite interviews are the ones where somebody says, I've never had anybody ask me that before mm. because those are the conversations where I feel like, okay, I'm really getting at something here. I'm really getting to the heart of this person or this topic um, and really uncovering something here. So I feel like anytime where somebody says that or somebody says, you really got me, you really understood where I'm coming from, is a win in my book because that means that I've done
0: exactly what I set out to do. Mm -hmm. Aside from the tips that you gave us a little bit ago, how do you teach entrepreneurs to pitch to the press? What is it that they need to, that you see that they need to overcome that maybe they don't realize that that's the hurdle?
1: So a lot of the times when I'm teaching people or just talking to people about approaching the press, the question I get most is I just don't even know where to start which is a completely fair question, because as entrepreneurs, we're specialists in the things that we're good at, right? And all the other things, all that accounting or marketing or Instagram or pitching the press are things that we have to teach ourselves. Um, So nobody should feel bad that they're not experts at pitching (laughs) pitching the (laughs) press. It's a very specialized skill set. But really, the starting point is very easy, which is just reading, watching and listening to the media outlets that you would like to be featured in because you will notice things in terms of how they cover stories. You'll either see stories that are similar to yours in what they're um, sharing or you won't. And if you don't see stories that are similar to yours, then you know that's not a great media outlet for you to approach in the first place. And if you do um, see stories that are similar to yours, you might also notice, oh, there's a certain journalist who always tells this kind of story. And so, you know, that's the person that I need to approach, not just Mm. the big behemoth media organization, but that individual person. And so, you know, this is a great excuse to have to binge your favorite podcasts or take time to read your favorite magazine. Because that's really where you should start is just read, watching, and listening to the media outlets you want to be part of.
0: And I'm going to... I have a question for you on the flip side of that. So I'll ask that in a minute. But I want to make a comment to that because I I get pitched on on the show. And I also put calls out for people to come on the show as well. So I do it both sides. But there was one particular person that sent me an email one time that caught my attention so deeply because and i expect when i put a call out you know i have have a form as as you know i have a form i have you know certain asks and then certain information that i'd love to preview beforehand and so i expect to have some you know conversation or understanding there but when someone cold turkey comes out of nowhere reaches out and said hey I've been following your podcast. I've been checking out your episodes. I loved this and this and this very specifically on certain things that were in certain episodes and said that I feel like the audience could benefit from what I have because, and because, and because of what I know, what I've been listening to and how I've approached. She caught my attention because I thought, interesting, very interesting. Now I don't write anybody off just because it didn't come across exactly that way, but it was very, very specific that that information coming to me was she did her homework. She knows who she wants to be in front of. She understands what she wants to share and how she wants to do it. And I wanted to make that point because for the listeners taking your advice on Following somebody and seeing how they they interview, seeing what content they put out there, it does make a difference because you will stand above the noise of all the people that you know come to you. And that leads me into my next question for you. On the flip side, as a receiving end of inquiries of people that want to be interviewed uh, and are pitching the press or pitching journalism to be in front of an audience, how do you How would somebody get above the noise in your viewpoint to stand out in an email such as the Scout did for me? What are good points?
1: Well, that is such a key question because just as a freelance journalist, I will receive 50 to 100 pitches every day. And media outlets at large will receive several hundred a day. And so that's really the key question, right? Is how do you stand out through all the noise? And you just touched upon it perfectly one of the key ways you stand out from all the noise is showing how your idea is pertinent to that particular publication or that particular journalist. So the pitches that will stand out in my inbox will say something like, Hey, I just read your story about drinking sake in Tokyo. I have a local sake business in the US. Would you like to chat more? Because they already know She's already covered this particular topic. She has an interest in it. Here's a new way to tap into that same theme. And so just like you with somebody who had done their homework and listened to the podcast and could point out key specific ways that you two connected on shared you know, interests, that's exactly what you want to do with journalists is pinpoint how your story fits into what they are already covering, or to fulfill a need that they already have. So for example, a magazine might every month have a featured author column. And so you know, every month, they're going to be looking for an author to slot into that space. And so, you know, I have several books that I've written. And so I know, oh, I can approach that magazine because they're going to need an author to talk to. And hey, look, I am one. So I'm actually helping them out by bringing them something that they need. Mm -hmm. And that's another way that you stand out from the crowd.
0: Great, great, great advice. Um, And I think that was kind of a side benefit of becoming a podcaster is that I didn't see the other side of it. Now I see the other side of it, you know? And so then I don't teach. That's why I bring great experts like you on, but I don't teach how to do that approaching, but I see a good version of it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's it. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being a part of that conversation so that businesses can stand above the noise because we want to be seen, even though we're we're scared to be seen, you can help (laughs) them with that. (laughs) But at the same time, we have to be relevant right? I mean, we just, we have to be relevant. So what is your biggest, for you specifically as an entrepreneur in the journalism space, when you pitch somebody for something that you have, what does that look like on your side?
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm definitely not uh, used to having to pitch for myself But as a freelance writer, I am actually doing pitching all the time because I'm pitching editors about the story ideas that I have. So about 50% of the articles that I write or more are because I've generated story ideas and then I'm taking those to my editors. And so I have to be a very good pitch artist as well when I'm approaching those editors. And so I'm not only Like I'm having to walk my talk, right? Like I'm having to do exactly what I teach every day. Um, So I am in a position to know what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes I'm better at it than others. Sometimes, you know, I have the spot on ideas and other times, you know, you won't have the exact right idea for that particular moment or that particular media outlet. But what you have to remember is that's not necessarily a reflection on you. There's a lot going on behind the scenes at media outlets that you might not be knowledgeable about. For example, you might have, I don't know, an idea about your banjo store in Nebraska, but they just ran a story about a banjo sto- a store in Tennessee that hasn't even been published yet. So you mm-hmm. don't know about it. And they're like, oh, no, we're not covering any banjo sto- stores for another year because we-, we already have a story on that you don't know that. All you're going to get is either a no or no response whatsoever. And you can't take that personally because it's not necessarily about you or the quality of your idea or your story. It's just a virtue of the process that you have to go through. And so don't be afraid to pitch again, pitch in a different way. And you just have to keep going because you don't Unless they specifically say, no, this is not a fit for us, it might be because of a lot of factors that don't have anything to do with you.
0: Great advice. Great, great advice. I want to bring it back to your entrepreneurial journey again. What? How do you define success for you as the entrepreneur? <laughs> um. I would say
1: that I define success in those little moments that we talked about in terms of knowing that I've done, you know, a really good job telling somebody's story or in empowering somebody to tell their own story. I am not one although I do set goals for myself and benchmarks sure. in terms of numbers of, you know, publications or outlets or, you know, awards that I've won. The more important moments and successful moments to me are those little moments of I got it right. And I told somebody's story the way that it was meant to be told.
0: Oh, and there's so much to cover out there. You have a a sea of of opportunity to help so many people because there's a lot of stories that need to come out. I know that. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm excited. Um, Last question I want to ask you is how has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? Because you didn't originally go into it to be an entrepreneur. And so in the shift into entrepreneurship and how your business has progressed, how has that changed you? I think it's definitely
1: empowered me and made me more tenacious because for a long time when I started out as a freelance journalist, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. And I think that's the case for a lot of people who are especially in the creative fields. They'll consider themselves a baker or an artist or a calligrapher and they are more focused on... The um, creative aspects of their job, and they don't really consider themselves an entrepreneur. But when I made that mindset shift to, to really call myself an entrepreneur, it really empowered me to be a savvier businesswoman and to say, "I deserve to be paid for my work. I deserve to be paid a fair wage for my work. I'm not going to negotiate, uh, you know, on exposure and the other ways that people." in the creative fields are sometimes offered to be paid sometimes. So it really made me a stronger businesswoman and made me a little bit more tenacious in terms of standing up for myself.
0: Very well. I know I said that was the last question, but I'm going to retract that for a moment. Um, What is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? Do you have one?
1: Um, Yes. I think like many writers, I would love to be on the New York times bestseller list um, for a book. Now, what that book is, I haven't found it yet. So <laughs> you'll have to stay tuned for the answer to that question. But
0: yes, that's definitely one of my big, very audacious goals. Yes, 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 yes. You put it out there, it's out there. Yeah, All exactly. right, good. Okay, so Ashley, tell me, how can the audience connect with you? I know that we'll have a free, a free download for them in the show notes. So uh, you can tell a little bit about that, but guys, make sure you download it. But also, how can they connect with you?
1: So we have a free download for seven uh, tips from my pitch cheat sheet. So these are kind of the essentials to get started with pitching the media, and you can find it at howtopitchmedia.com/pitch cheat sheet. And you can also find more information. I blog every week at howtopitchmedia.com, so there's a ton of free resources there. And that's also my Instagram and Facebook handle. So how to pitch media. Um, And you can also follow my journalistic accounts over at Ashley M. Biggers,
0: both on Instagram and Facebook. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this incredible wisdom in a very relevant time. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and all you do. Awesome. Guys, make sure you check out the show notes. Uh, Take her up on that information. And it's relevant, relevant, relevant. to be getting that out there. And if you're not ready to get in front of media per se, you are ready to tell your story. So let's, let's jump into that and start working on that piece of it because I guarantee she's gonna be able to help you. And as always, as, as always, keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation. I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21 day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.